September baseball is here and the AL West hangs in the balance. On today's show, I'm breaking down five factors that will influence who will take home the AL West championship this year. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Friday, September 1st. Your Rangers are 50, 78, 70, oh my gosh, 75 and 58, holding the third wild card spot, one game behind those stinking Houston Astros and Seattle Mariners. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into the five factors that will determine the fate of the AL West, this show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now with FanDuel. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, let's take a look at the AL West. The Rangers are a game behind the Mariners and the Astros. They are tied with the Astros in the loss column. So, uh, yeah, not not the best place to be, especially coming off that extra innings loss on Wednesday to the Mets, nearly had a sweep, nearly headed into September, riding a three-game winning streak, winning three of their last five games, four, five, yeah, three of their last four games, and, uh, or I guess four of their last five games is how I wanted to say that, and tied atop the AL West. But for the first time, the Rangers enter a month of this season, not atop the AL West. They are a game behind those stinking Mariners and Astros. And it feels like, I know the last two weeks were incredibly rough, more more so the just the week and a half before that, the eight-game losing streak, the losing nine of ten. But before that, the Rangers were among the most dominant teams in baseball for basically the entire season. They won eight straight to start off the month of August, and then they won 14 of their first 16 games this month, and then the losing streak started, and then everyone lose, lost their minds, and then the bullpen just completely uh, destroyed a lot of hope in this team for the September and maybe even October run. But right now, the Rangers are just a game behind, but it feels like all the projection systems are incredibly against the Rangers doing anything in this division. Right now, Baseball Reference has them as a 20.4% chance to win the AL West. 204 They're a game behind, and they have 10 games against the Astros and Mariners combined in September. And Fangraphs, who has been just the hateness haters all year long, has the Rangers at a 14.8% chance to win the division. 148 And, you know, only a... 70.4% chance to make the playoffs in general. Really? Are you kidding me? You're not seeing what the Blue Jays have been doing all year? I mean, they have been haters through and through all season long. Even when the Rangers had a six and a half game lead in September, it felt like the most their AL West chances ever got to was like 75%. 
maybe if, if it even was 75%. But this team is still in it. I know it's been a rough couple weeks, but this is still a pretty good baseball team. But there are going to be quite a few things that factor into who ends up as the AOS champs. This is by no means a decided race, and by no means should you count this Rangers team out. They still have an incredibly deep lineup and incredibly deep starting rotation. We all know what the bullpen is at this point, but this is still a very good baseball team. Let's look a little bit at the schedule. The Rangers have 17 games against contending teams in this final 20, 29, I think, game stretch. Uh, 20 games if you count Boston as a contender. 23 if you count Cleveland as a contender, which I don't count either of those as contenders, so 17 games against contenders. Now, the Astros, they just have nine games against contenders, and all of them, I believe all of them, if not uh, most of them, are against the Rangers. And uh, let's see, three games against the Rangers from the 4th through the 6th, then three games against the Orioles at home, the 18th through the 20th, and then three games in Seattle against the Mariners, the 25th through the 27th. Uh, actually, they also have a couple more against the Diamondbacks, three of those games at the end of the season. So scratch that, 12 games against contenders, my math. Um, was a little bit off, and if you want to squint and call the Padres contenders, maybe you could bump that up to 15. I I wouldn't do that, and if you really, really want to be generous and count San Diego and the Yankees as contenders, then it's 18 games against contenders, but I I don't think you really want to do that, so we'll bump it back down to 12. So it's still a pretty easy schedule for the Astros, and then the Mariners have a really tough schedule. 20 games against contenders, including a three-game series against the Reds in Cincinnati and four games in Tampa Bay against the Rays. They also have a series against the Dodgers. And then their final 10 games are all against the Rangers and Astros combined. That is going to be a brutal final 10 games for them, but going to be a lot of fun and nerve-wracking and uh, just anxiety-ridden baseball in the final 10 days of this regular season. But there are, I think, five factors that this will ultimately come down to who wins the American League West. Number one is September call-ups. The Rangers will be calling up somebody today. I don't know who. We'll see who it ends up being. I don't I don't think their expanded roster is just going to be getting back Nathan Eovaldi and uh, Brad Miller. If that's the case, then, well, one of those is exciting, and one of those is Brad Miller. Brad Miller is just the drug that this team cannot quit um, and will not quit, and even though I would rather them use their position player spot on someone like uh, Evan Carter, who we'll get to later on in the show, and we'll talk about when we talk about what happened in the month of August on the Rangers farm system, I I think that, unfortunately, it's going to be Brad Miller as the position player that's called up, but for for the pitchers, the Rangers have some options. They have Zach Kent. They have Cody Bradford, Owen White, Alex Spees, Colwyn, Yeri Rodriguez. Can I interest you in that? Or if they want to go with someone different for the position player, they want to go with Sam Huff or Dustin Harris. Um, I think those are also viable options. I think of those pitching options, again, like I've said time and time again, I think Zach Kent is the answer. He's the 25-year-old right-hander who has been mostly starting this season, but not going very deep into games. He's been hurt for most of the year. Otherwise, I think he would already have been called up Honestly, by like June, if he was healthy, I think that's when the Rangers would have called him up. But in six starts with AAA Round Rock, he's got a 145 ERA, 18 and two-thirds innings, 19 strikeouts, just six walks, and only one home run. So half a homer per nine, 2.9 walks per nine, and 9.2 Ks per nine. 
that's a guy who I really, really like. His stuff, he's a slider first guy. He can get you multiple innings if you need him to. He can also get you just one inning, and I think his t- stuff will tick up in relief into the upper 90s. I'm not exactly sure what he's sitting at velo-wise right now, but I know he definitely has that potential, and his slider is the best in the system, and I think he can get big league hitters out right now, which, I mean, the Rangers are just desperate for anybody in their pen who can get big league hitters out. I, I really think that he should be up. I think that he might be up. We'll see what happens. If he's not up on September 1st, then I think by the end of this month, if he's not up in this major league bullpen, then I don't know what the heck the Rangers are doing because he feels like the obvious slam dunk choice, unless you want to go with Owen White and his velocity. If Owen White's velocity comes back, then he's the more obvious slam dunk first choice, but he is not striking anybody out. He is walking people, and the velo is not up, but Zach Kent, I trust him a little bit more at this point long term. I think Owen White's future is brighter, but right now, this season's been kind of a hot mess for Owen White, so I think Zach Kent is the option that the Rangers should go with on their September calls. Coming up, we're going to look at the other four factors that will decide the fate of the AL West and what happened on the farm in the month of August. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get a one get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Shout out to the other for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on Monday's show. I'll be back and recapping what happened this weekend in a huge series against Minnesota. The Rangers take on the Twins this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the number two factor that will come down to who decides the fate of the AOS is injuries. Right now, the Rangers are looking for two huge key contributors to come back from injury. Nathan Evaldi, we will have... I think we'll know a little bit more sometime tonight when the Rangers uh, actually talk to the media and when they kind of make more of a decision. I think we'll know a little bit more about when Nathan Eovaldi is coming back. Not entirely sure when that's going to be, whether that's the series against uh, the Astros, which would be huge, honestly, just ginormous if the Rangers can get Nathan Eovaldi back to start against the Astros and if he is good. If he is good from the start, if you go with a combined start of Nathan Eovaldi and Andrew Heaney in one of those games against the Astros, that would be just absolutely massive for the Rangers. And they're also waiting for their all-star third baseman, Josh Young, to come back. September 20th is six weeks after the surgery, so that would be the final game of the series against the Boston Red Sox. Or if it's a couple days after that, the September 22nd is when the Rangers play Seattle starting a three-game series at home and that final 10-game stretch where the Rangers have seven games against the Mariners. That is really when I want him back by. If he is back earlier, great, awesome, but much earlier, I mean, it's that series against the Red Sox. I don't want him to come back too quickly from injury. We saw what happened last year when he came back a little bit too quickly from injury. He just wasn't quite fully himself and uh, we've seen what the fully actualized version of Josh Young is if it takes him a a few days longer to get back from that injury or maybe he 
hate for it to be even a week longer, but it, it might be. I mean, I, we don't really have any updated timeline and probably won't have any updates until next Wednesday, the end of the series against the Astros. That's, I think, when we'll know something a little bit more about his recovery time. But the Rangers desperately need him in this lineup to lengthen it out and uh, just give the Rangers some more pop and some better defense at their base. Like, they just really, really need him back. It's not that the other teams don't have injuries. I mean, the Astros have Lance McCullers Jr. and Luis Garcia. They aren't coming back, but Michael Brantley has returned from injury, and Jose Altuve and uh, Jordan Alvarez have been mostly healthy. Um, so that's good news for them. I thought that from Valdez might have come out a little early of his last start because he only pitched through 185 pitches after throwing 116 in those seven innings against the Tigers in a game that they ultimately lost the weekend before, but seems like he's okay. But the Mariners are starting to have a few injuries pile up. Jared Kelnick is coming back, hopefully, uh, sometime early this month. He broke his toe kicking a water cooler out of frustration, and he will be back sometime early in September. Tom Murphy, their backup catcher, who just absolutely rakes, is on the I.L. He was available to come back off the I.L. on the 26th, I believe, of August, but I have not seen any update on when or if he'll come back this season. They also have Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez that were two big parts of the rotation that have not pitched at all and aren't going to pitch again this season. Robbie Ray pitched, like, I think two, three games. Marco Gonzalez pitched for a decent chunk of the year, but he is not coming back this year. And they've had a couple of little injuries this week to Ty France, George Kirby, and Julio Rodriguez. Rodriguez has a bit of a pinched nerve in his foot, missed two games in the series against the A's, including that one that they lost against the A's and the one that they nearly lost to the A's in the finale of that series. George Kirby was scratched with just feeling a little bit under the weather. He is going to start again this weekend, so um, thankfully it doesn't look like he's going to miss any time. Ty France took a little bit of a, I think it was a pitch that he was throwing back uh, or sliding back in on a um, pickoff attempt, and he got hit with a baseball on his wrist. But he's okay. He's just a little dinged up. But those things start to add up, and if Julio Rodriguez misses a game this weekend, um, then that's going to be um, big news of him missing three games in a row. He is their engine. He is their star. He is a the biggest reason that they have gone on this insane run the last couple of months. And without him, they are in a much, much worse way. There's still uh, the rest of their lineup has kind of come back up to speed after being mostly mid and bad all year. I don't wish injuries on any of the other teams or anybody in baseball, even the teams that I hate. I, I just would rather their players be bad. That is not, I'm never wishing for injuries for anybody, but I am hoping that they are not good and that they lose games so that my team can be in the playoffs and winning the AL West. But Rangers really need Nathan Eovaldi and Josh Young back because injuries are a big factor. And God forbid the Rangers suffer another injury elsewhere. They just cannot afford that. They definitely cannot afford another injury to Corey Seager, who has missed two months this season. He is the best player in baseball, I think, right now. Like He is just absolutely on another ungodly level, um, but especially the best player in the AL now that Shohei is only hitting, not hitting and pitching. So, Dagger number three. This is a wild one, but it's the A's. The A's play three series against these teams, one series against each of these teams, three games against the Rangers, three games against the Astros, and three games against the Mariners. Now, the Rangers have not swept the A's all season. They have won every single series, including the four-game series in Oakland earlier this year, but the Rangers have not yet swept the A's. They will need to sweep the A's. They are the worst team that they are playing. 
for the rest of this season. Obviously, they've been the worst team that they've played all season. The Rangers just need to take care of business and take those three games, especially since they are at home. They're going to be the second weekend of this uh, of this month, the 8th through the 10th. You, you just got to take all three games against the A's. And if the A's can you know win one of those series, that's going to have a huge effect on this AL West chase for the crown. And you just got to take care of business against the A's. We saw the Mariners almost lose a series against the A's with those two games where Julio Rodriguez was out, but they ended up coming back and, and taking two out of three in the series. But don't look out for those A's. They are starting to get a little pesky, having some young rookies that are doing some damage. So take care of your freaking business against the A's because that could really, really sink you if you don't. Coming up, we're going to look at the final two factors and what happened in the month of August on the farm. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. Uh, on Monday's show, I'll be breaking down what happens in this wild weekend series, hopefully less wild weekend series against Minnesota. The Rangers take on the Twins this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, factor number four that will d- determine the fate of the AL West is experience. Now, the Astros uh, have uh, allegedly been to, uh, what, seven straight ALCS uh, series and well some of those were legitimate some of those were because they were banging trash cans but the point of the matter is they have been there and done that they have a manager who has been there and done that and this is basically the same team that won the world series last year there's not a whole lot of change i mean you thought justin verlander being gone was going to be a big change but uh, you know he's only gone for two three months and then comes back at the deadline because of course he does, because of freaking course he does. They couldn't just send him to the Dodgers or someone else. No, of course not. That would be um, too nice for me personally. But the Astros have been there and done it. The Mariners, and while they're still a pretty young team, not a whole lot of veteran presence, but they did just been there, done that last year. They were in a similar position last year as they were this year, as they kind of stumbled out of the gates and were mid and bad and everyone pronouncing them dead in June, and then went on an insanely hot run for the last two and a half months of the season. Now, if they can sustain it like last year, I don't know. They probably can because they're a very good team, unfortunately. It's really annoying that they're a very good team. They've got a really difficult schedule down down the road they got a series like i said against two of the best teams in baseball in the rays and the dodgers they've also got those final 10 games against the rangers and the astros those are going to be just absolutely brutal for them it's it's going to be a brutal final 10 days for everybody in this al west but they have also been there and done that but the rangers even though you know a lot of these players haven't not all these players have gone on deep playoff runs. For the most part, this is a team of veterans who have gone on deep playoff chases. I mean, the only regulars that haven't done that are Jonah Heim, Adolis Garcia, Leo Tavares, but most of this rotation has gone down the stretch in a pennant chase before. Dane Dunning has even done it. I mean, basically everybody in this team has done it. And Bruce Bochy, most importantly, has been there and done that a lot and had a lot of success in these stretch runs and in the postseason. So experience is really going to be a factor on this team. And I think that the Rangers have a little bit more experience than 
than most people realize. Even though this team hasn't been there, the players have before. Corey Seager has only had one year where he hasn't been in the playoffs his entire career. Marcus Simeon has gone on a lot of deep pushes with the A's and with Toronto that one year. I mean, he knows how to handle himself in a playoff chase. Um, Nathaniel Lowe even did it his first year in the big leagues with the Rays. But granted, it's been a while since then. Mitch Garver has gone on a playoff chase with the Twins. So, I mean, most of these guys kind of know how to be there and do that. And the final factor that will determine the fate of the AL West is luck. Honestly, there's a lot of luck in baseball. Bloop hits that um, are not hard hit balls. There's a bunch of you know differences between expected batting average and actual batting average. Expected this and, and actual this. I mean... A lot of factors go into it, but a lot of times the thing that kind of determines the fate of, of a lot of things in baseball is just luck. One ball that lands like two feet foul versus two feet in fair territory. One, you know, tweak, tweaked knee or, you know, hamstring or what have you that, you know, sends down a star player. One little thing with a ball going a little bit foul or fair for a walk-off home run or a harmless strike two. Like there is just so much luck that ends up determining a lot of baseball. So the Rangers, they just need some luck and they, they really need it for their bullpen. Just something nice to happen for this bullpen. Like just somebody to go on a hot tear. Like the, this bullpen is full of, I guess the, the luck is that somebody on the, in the bullpen will, will get incredibly hot because the Rangers have competent guys in their bullpen they are not all just a bunch of you know worthless bums who have never done anything and just don't deserve to be there no this is a bullpen that has guys that can do it and have done it in the past jose leclerc brock burke will smith heck, heck even rose chapman has been there for a long time chris stratton has been a su- successful major leaguer for a long time like this is a bullpen that just needs something to go right for them just somebody get hot i don't care who it is is it grant anderson again is it Jose Leclerc putting that one bad outing behind him and being reliable. Is it Will Smith going on another tear like he had for the first, you know, three months of the season, most of the season outside of the month of August? Is it Rawls Chapman finally figuring out how to pitch in save situations? I, I don't know. We'll see. But the Rangers just need some good luck to break their way because they are a game behind. They are chasing. And if they had half decent luck in one run games and with their bullpen, they would have like a seven game lead in this AL West heading into the month of September. But they don't. They're a game behind. They have a chance to make up ground. They will almost assuredly have this season tiebreaker over the Mariners. And if they win all three games against the Astros, which feels like a very tough task ahead of them next week, then they will have the series uh, season series win and the golden boot for the first time since I think 2016, if it was even then. Maybe it was 2015. It's been a while since the Rangers have won that season series, but the Rangers just need some luck to break their way because they have not had it in these one-run games. One-run games specifically. If they can go 501 run games down the stretch, this team might win the division by 20 games. I know that's not like mathematically um, probable. It, it is possible, but not probable. But still, the Rangers just need some luck in one-run games and in their bullpen, and I think things will start to turn around their way. Now, let's look at what happened on the farm in August. My player of the month for August, there are a few choices, but I think I think I have to go with 
the first round pick, Wyatt Langford. He had a fantastic month of August. He did miss a couple of games. The last two games, he was out of the Hickory lineup. Some people were speculating that it maybe means that he is being called up to Frisco. That does not seem to be the case, according to Jeff Wilson. Uh, he is, the Rangers are just monitoring his workload. It is still a possibility that he could be promoted to Devil Frisco at the end of the year when Hickory season is done, but I don't think that's what this necessarily meant. Now, in the month of August, he played 21 games. All of them were in high eight Hickory. He hit 324 with an on base of 457, slugged 622, a 1078 OPS, four home runs, two triples, six doubles, 17 walks to 15 strikeouts, and oh yeah, six stolen bases to just one time caught stealing. The guy was an absolute monster in his first full month of of uh, full season ball. Just absolutely incredible. You love, love, love to see it. He played almost entirely left field, a little bit of center field, and a little bit of DH. But I am so excited for Wyatt Langford that the Rangers lucked up in the very first draft lottery. They moved up from seventh to fourth in a clear five-player draft. And the fact that there was, I thought, a clear top three of those three college players and the two LSU guys and Wyatt Langford and the fact that the twins decided to go with Max Clark the Indiana high schooler over Wyatt Langford and maybe he'll end up being a a great player maybe he'll end up being better than Wyatt Langford but I'm just so glad the Rangers lucked into Wyatt Langford because the kid is an absolute stud I cannot wait to see him in Frisco next year maybe he'll be there for about five minutes and fast track himself to the big leagues like it seems like all of these top five picks in the draft have been doing so far just absolutely crushing it um but still congrats to Wyatt Langford my August prospect of the month there are a couple of news and notes from the season or from this month Wyatt uh, Sebastian Walcott who was just an absolute fire starter in June and July kind of calmed down just a little bit in August played 11 games and did not to my knowledge, get called up to Downies to extend his season. He had a 718 OPS in those 11 games in August. Just not the strongest start to the end of his, or not the strongest finish to his first season of professional baseball, but the overall numbers are still so freaking good that it's it's fine. It's honestly fine. The kid did incredible work being as, as advanced as he was at that level and having that kind of success. Now, at Charity Vargas, the other shortstop on the Arizona Complex League, has gotten a promotion to full season ball. And in the month of August, he absolutely went off in 14 games. A slash line of 294, 368, 608, a 976 OPS with four homers, one triple, two doubles, and three steals. He is now in full season ball as an 18-year-old. That is pretty impressive, and he is playing shortstop for the Down East Wood Ducks. The other Down East Wood Duck that I want to mention is Brock Porter, who had his best start of the season on Saturday. He went four innings, just one hit, which was a triple, two runs, only one of those was earned, zero walks, and eight strikeouts. Now, that zero walks is the thing that I am most focused on for him. He is completely redoing his delivery. I mean, his mechanics were just an absolute mess. The raw stuff was exceptional. Um, he is st- was still a little bit older for a high school guy. He turned 20 on June 3rd of this year, even though this is his first season of pro ball. It is still going to be a long way for Brock Porter to get to the big leagues, but the potential is about as high as anybody in the system pitching prospect-wise. And in the last two starts, two of the last three starts, he has had zero walks. I mean, his, his walk total on the season is just is just really not what you're looking for. Uh, 44. 
41 walks um, this season, which is not ideal when you've only pitched 65 in a third inning. It's like just the walks have been a huge problem, but the strikeouts have been exceptional. 12.5 Ks per nine on the year, 91 Ks in those 65 in a third innings, and just a 248 ERA. Only one home run allowed all season. That is pretty impressive. The Rangers are really monitoring his workload and taking it easy on him, but the numbers have been very, very impressive. Evan Carter in the month of August has also been on fire, a 314, 4.50 for 471 slash line a 924 OPS in 27 games in August. He's got three triples in the month, one homer, seven doubles, and oh yeah, 12 stolen bases. He has just really taken off way more than he's had in any other month uh, is those 12 stolen bases. The most he had had in any other month was six in the month of May. Then he had two, two, and three in the other months. Um, he has just been going off on the bases this month. Only three times caught stealing as well. So it's not just a bunch of attempts and a bunch of times caught stealing. I still think that the Rangers should call him up once Round Rock's playoffs are done or now, honestly, now would be would be great as well. He has been uh, doing very well in his first few games in AAA and did very well just overall this year. I mean, a really, really great year yet again for Evan Carter, which none of us are necessarily very surprised about. In 103 games, he got an 876 OPS. The on-base above 400, slugging just 460 with 13 home runs, 6 triples, and 17 doubles. A pretty solid month. If you're thinking about Dustin Harris being called up, the month of August was was fine for him. He's an option. Hit 264 with an on base of 353 and 448 uh, slugging percentage, 801 OPS. The power showed up a little bit more this month. Four home runs, one triple, two doubles, and five stolen bases. Also, Jack Lyer is going to pitch again on Sunday. He had the three innings without a walk in his last Sunday appearance where he struck out five. He did allow a solo home run to the first batter that he faced, but did not walk anybody. It looked much better. And nice to have a positive update on Jack Lyer towards the end of the season. I'm not sure exactly when Frisco's season is done. I think they've got another week or so, maybe a couple weeks left in their season. Uh, not entirely sure, but I think this Sunday start is going to be Jack Leiter's last of the season. Hopefully it can be another outing where he just has no walks. That's mainly what I'm looking for. Um, just another positive to build on for Jack Leiter because this year, for the most part, was a bit of a struggle. The stuff is still there. The mentality is still there. It's just a little bit of mechanical tweaking. The Rangers, I think, can do that and hopefully turn him into a very, very good pitching prospect and maybe helping the Rangers win an AOS title in the future and along with hopefully the one they win this year. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy September Texas Rangers baseball.